and then the year 1960 is when he began his political career after marrying Lucy Muthoni Baki. And one of the things I like about this leader is the fact that he never had so many women around him, you know, he was one of those leaders who was impeccable in terms of um, respecting the institution of marriage. Kibaki, all through his tenure, had one wife, one woman only resounded in his life. You'd always hear of Mama Lucy. No one else. Remember there was this time when Mama Lucy made him make a public declaration that he only had one wife and it's quite interesting that this guy was he had so much respect for the institution of marriage and that is one thing that in case you ever want to be a leader in the years to come stick to stick to your one person throughout and trust me you can, you can never regret your leadership because life is life becomes so easy it's free of controversy when you're sticking to your person you understand me so i want us to actually see what made this guy different right before we begin, before we start analyzing what made Kibaki different, I want you guys to listen to this. All of us, both young and old, men and women, Kenyans of every group, every race, every creed, have embarked on a journey to a promising future with unshakable determination and faith. That was Kibaki on the day of his, of his inauguration into power in the year 2002. 2002, 2001, I think 2002, that was the time he came into power. And indeed, he did give us a future, a different type of future, compared, compared to the previous regime of the late Mzee Moi. So I usually I usually think that Kibaki was a person who, redef who redefined national leadership, governance, and ethnical standards following the previous rule of Moi. He's a person who revolutionized in some sense. The kind of leadership we've, we've had from the previous 24 years. Actually, I consider those 24 years the toughest years of Kenya in terms of economy, governance, leadership. And of course, in terms of ethnicity, the tribal lines were clearly drawn during that era. But during Moi's, Moi's era, I, Moi, Moi Kibaki's era, I think that the country became united under this synonymous leader. We are going to assess his leadership style. We're going to see what he brought to the table over the, that period he was in power. What made him so different? What did he do differently from the other leaders and even the current leaders. One thing that stood out during Kibaki's reign was the fact that he removed political patronage and vendetta. Like, compared to the previous rule where politics of the country, first of all, we knew that we were a, a single party country before the likes of Raylo Dinga and Moi Kibaki stepped into the forefront of fighting for us to have multi-partisan. You wouldn't speak against the government during that period. If you ever did such a thing, if you ever rose against the regime of the late Moi, definitely. Mamboyako asubui, kabla jui mewaka bana, atunga kwa tunasikia, you'd be gone. And one of the key factors, or one of the key ingredients 
that made his of that made Moi Kibaki's rule quite simple and effective was the fact that he took care of businesses and enterprises. Small and SMEs were well taken care of during his reign. Businesses learned to survive on on merit, aided by laws and regulation. No business was more favored than the other. There was no company that was controlling kings. You know, there is this sense of monopoly that we are experiencing in the current times. And to be honest, there are companies, especially we look at sectors such as gas, milk, even the supply of eggs in the country, you find it's, it's it has been monopolized. But during Moi Kibaki's reign, businesses were purely surviving on merit, needed by laws and regulations that were strictly followed. He allowed fair competition in both in both business and also in politics. He ensured equal development in all regions. No, 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 no region was left out during his reign. Even the people of Nyeri themselves, they, I think there was a time they were complaining because they were not getting any special favors. No one felt like development was being centralized to a certain region. And another region was being assumed as if, as if it was non-existent. So during his reign, everyone got a fair portion of development. He transformed the role of government in that it empowered its citizens to develop themselves. During his reign, I mean, like, I think I, 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 I am one of those kids who grew up during the Moi Kibaki era. Because when Moi was in power, I was, I was literally a baby. I didn't even know what was going on, but I I was privileged. I think I call myself as a privileged person because this current generation of young people would never understand what it means to have a true leader, an intelligent leader, a leader who cares for his people. And I remember during his reign, yes, the Moi children will always say, Moi was such a good person because I'll to pair Maziwa. They really sing. Moi and Mazi were so much. That's that's one thing. But for me, as a person, as a young person who grew up during Moi Kibaki's reign, life was simple. That's the one thing that I know. That is the one thing that I experienced. Like this economic turbulence that we see right now wasn't there. I think that was the period when we would buy things at 50 cents. You know, like the Kenyan shilling was quite strong in the in the global market. To be honest, we were okay. We were okay. Inflation wasn't so bad. And then Unua, okay, 20 bob would buy things like bread, milk. Milk was like 15 bob. I remember during those days, um, I was more like think in the class 5, uh, five 6, or 4. So every day when I'd go to school, my dad would, li- would leave me 20 bob on the table. And when you come back from school, there's a 20 bob I've left there. Go find something to buy. And to be honest, and then you buy a GSG 5 bob. And then I'd buy a packet of milk at 15 bob or something. And I'd eat. And life was so easy. And that is the privilege that I count myself lucky to have experienced during Moi Kibaki's tenure. Life wasn't so expensive. Things were quite easy to afford. Even gas was so cheap. I remember that time gas zil kwa Was it uh, around? It wasn't even 800 at that time. It was around 400 or something. Yeah. But now, just look. Just look at the disparity. Look at the disparity. This is, this, is, this is the price we pay for putting someone who isn't. I think leadership should be progressive. 
right? I think leadership should be progressive, to be honest. If we've had someone who's good, the next person, we as Kenyans, intelligent Kenyans, we should choose better. That's how you keep progressing. You move from good to better, best, and then you just keep looking. You keep improving. You keep improving the standards of who we select for leadership. There's no way we can move from better and we move to good. And then you know what next? You go to bad, worst, worst. That's 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 the price we pay from more from more kibaki to the current regime. We reduce dependence on loans and debts from foreign nations. That's one thing that you guys should be very grateful. When Mwai Kibaki stepped out of power, trust me, our debts, our debts was wasn't so high. It was quite low. I'll just find the numbers later and I'll tell you guys our debts we, we were we were doing okay, trust me. Our loans and debts were okay. We implemented policies that targeted businesses and enterprises by promoting them. The secret to reducing over reliance on loans and debts is improving the internal business organizations within our nation. That's one thing this guy did. He embraced our companies, our SMEs. He embraced business, small businesses among his people. He promoted the quality of business environment was quite well. Your time on Gwana Biashara, my friend, would flourish. Right now, my friend, that business will either kill you or you will have to kill it yourself. There's no way about it. That's, that's the only way you can survive in the current regime. This is a guy who ensured PRA became so competent, independent, efficient, and respectable. And it wasn't influenced by any political vendetta or any political person never had any say when it came to matters PRA. I'm going to show you a comparison. Mimi, I didn't grow during the Moise era. I don't know much about it, but I've seen two presidents, right? I've experienced the Moise Kibaki era. I'm currently experiencing the Huru Kenyatta era. And I'm not shy to actually say that life has just changed. A story is told. A story is told. Back in the year 2017, a certain political leader X jumped ship from one side to another side in terms of political allegiance, right? Uh, let's call this political poli- politician X moved from political party A to political party B. Now, the political party leader of party A was quite one of those people with the highest voices in your country. So politician X who was moved from political party A to political party B says I stripped my allegiance of party B, party party A, and now I devote myself to party B. But the, the leader of party A is someone who has a lot of voice in the country. So politician X, two weeks later, is told that he has a, a KRA revenue unpaid. He has been evading tax, and it's valued at two billion. He has to pay KRA two billion in debt. So, politician X thinks a lot about this and is like, hmm, I wonder what happened. How comes I've been paying my taxes but I have a debt of two billion? So what does he do? Politician X, being an intelligent person, jumps ship again. He says, well, I've been to party B and I've realized things are not 
according to how I expected, I'm going to jump back to my initial party A. So politician X moves from party B to party A. And one week later, his debt is cleared. He no longer has a debt. At KRA, you know, like Kenya Revenue Authorities is not following anymore following him anymore. He doesn't have a debt of two billion. And you wonder, how comes overnight I I am charged with tax evasion of two billion and a week later things have changed because of my political allegiance. Think about that. That is a perfect illustration of how things have changed. How Kiare is no longer independent. It's how it has become influenced by political vendetta, political wants. It has become inclined to the needs of the person who has to say. But during Mwai Kibaki's reign, my friend, Kiare ilikuwa separate from anyone. No one bothered. You wouldn't say a thing when he came to matters Kiare. And that, that fact that Kiare was efficient, independent, and respectable, it made people pay revenue. And revenue was target, targeted, revenue targeted economic, economic and social growth. It multiplied development projects, programs, and citizens themselves learned to pay taxes as a civic obligation. my friend, and you would pay your taxes. That is why we, we didn't need to buy to, to get loans or debts or, or grants from abroad. Because we were self-sustaining, we tried, we were trying. Of course, a third world country can never exist. It's not possible for a third world country to exist without loans and debt. But, I mean, it's okay to borrow, but not to borrow in excess. And if that borrowed money is being implemented towards improving the lives of Kenyans, then it's okay. But now, just look at the mere, at the sheer contrast, at the sheer contrast of things. This guy enhanced budgetary efficiency. And this is one of those factors that also reduced the debt ratio in our country. I mean, if our budget is poorly, is, is properly planned out, then we wouldn't need to get money from outside. We utilize the, the little we have to ensure everyone is sorted in every sector in the, and in every region. Friends, that was a leader we were blessed with. This is a guy who ensured effective delegation of responsibilities to his ministers and civil servants. Things were running even without his hand, without him being hands-on. He wasn't a hands-on president. Kibaki was someone who was so detached, so, someone who was so private. But the way he organized his civil servants, the way he organized his cabinet, my friends, you would be surprised. I want you guys to remember there's this scenario that happened um in the year nineteen ninety one. The year nineteen ninety one, twenty fifth of December, Mwiki Baki resigned from his position. You guys I don't know if you if you were aware of that, but he resigned. And in the same year, Moi, our our late president Moi, he fired Darius Mbe Darius Mbella, Italia Kones and Geoffrey Said. Via KBC at 1 p.m. This guy fired people live on TV at 1 p.m. The following people keep calling us Cornell, Darius Mbella, Geoffrey Kiredi, you were fired from your positions. This is the same year Mwai Kibaki resigned. But Kibaki during his reign, 
he removed this unwarranted firing of civil servants, there had to be a procedure. You don't wake up one day and fire your 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 cabinet. I mean, what what kind of what kind of idiocy is that? But this is something that was happening during the previous regime. This guy was responsible. He knew how to deal with his people, how to bring out the best of his civil servants and cabinet. Kibaki was termed as a leader who was slow to react to issues. But to be honest, this is one of his greatest strengths. The fact that he took time to respond. He was someone who could consult. He never made bad decisions. He never recklessly replied to scenarios or to situations. He was witty. That's why people were always surprised how late he would react to things. But no, this guy would just go and sit and think critically before making any decisions. It made him an outstanding leader. A leader of impeccable character. That's how I define him. So again, let's listen to something small that he said during his time. So that was when he warned against the MRA, the then Mombasa Republican uh, Alliance, or was it association, when they wanted to secede. That was him warning them. So we want to look at what he brought to the table over his tenure. So in the year 2003, Mwaki Baki introduced free primary education. This is one of the things that has made people to be so learning in the current age. Trust me, before his reign, education was only for those people who would be able to afford it. But it became so free to everyone that even those guys from the most grassroots of levels would get educated. He, became, he, he made sure that education was equitable to all and sundry. Another remarkable thing is that during his tenure, the GDP of our country grew from as low as 0.6% in 2002 to 5% in 2011, and development was embraced for each and every Kenyan. Imagine he transformed the economy from a GDP of 0.6 to 5% when he left office in the year 2011. Look at that staggering difference. How can we not pay homage or tribute to this great leader who revolutionized our economy? He transformed us as from a country that was in, we were in the dregs, if I'd say that, economically, we were in the dregs, we were in the trenches, boy. From 0.6% to 5%. While you come you did a good job. This was the same person who introduced CDF in 2003 to ensure equitable development in all regions in the country. CDF, CDF model. This same CDF that has put so many of us in schools. This same CDF that has helped people build school, build hospitals, schools, small schools back home. This is the person who did it all. This is the same person who was at the forefront of Vision 2030 agenda. So one of those things that I usually say is that Mwekibaki was a visionary. He was someone who had a big vision for this country. He was someone who had big dreams for us 
as Kenyans, young Kenyans to future. Huyu ndio mtu mwenye alikaa chini waka bring up the Vision 2030 whole story. So it has become a problem being actualized by the current regime. But this guy was the person who 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 put his foot down and said you guys we need to have an economic plan for the next 30 years so that we can ensure that our GDP progressively increases as in the vision was by 2030 we'd be a middle income country but where are we we are deeper in the trenches than when we left surprise no i don't think it's a surprise so that is what he brought to the table and before i conclude i'd say that the only flaw to his reign was one 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 of the greatest flaws is first of first and foremost the 2010 the 2007 post 2008 2007 2008 post election violence that that was like the the only one of the only stains in his regime and that that Of course to be honest there is no there's no person who is perfect that's why we they exist balance yin and yang yeah for every for within every good there must be you know there must be some darkness within every great darkness there's some light but this guy was so good the only bad was this 2007 2007 2007 election violence That is the only place I can say, my friend, you did a good job, but Apple, uh-uh, you failed us. And one of the things that also put a, a stain in his leadership was his failure to eradicate corruption, though he did try. To be honest, he tried. During his tenure, he managed to end the issue of land grabbing. We didn't have much of land grabbing during his tenure. He tried, but of course, he was outsmarted because, you know, Corruption is what defines, it's what shapes, it is what defends the economic and political power which it funds. So, trust me, it's hard, it's hard to eliminate corruption in a country that already has a corrupt mentality or a society which has already embraced it. But, to a certain degree, it wasn't as outspoken. He tried to contain it, but, hey, banana. The previous goons for Moe's regime were just who they were just too smart and of course politics politics and corruption go hand in hand what fuels politics is corruption whether you like it or not that's just how it works and we are not the only corrupt country in the world every country in this world is corrupt just as the levels differ Kibaki himself was never ever engaged in any corruption scandal during his time not even one there was no time when he's here president I mean, grab land, or he has done this, he has done that. No, 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 no. He was a man of integrity, a man of great morals. One thing that we will remember, or rather we should learn, and for those of us who are going to be leaders of tomorrow, is that containing corruption requires leadership that is fully ready to take political power debits. A reality which, in this current world, or in this current Kenya, is far from reality. And it seems quite impossible. To end corruption, you'll have to put down your foot and hurt so many of the higher political class members. So many of these people who I term as the, the moguls of the country, the rich, the super rich. And that's just how it is. It's, 
white men it's impossible because the same same people are the ones who fuel the politics of the country they are the ones who give these politicians money to do their campaigns etc 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 et et so that's it for today i think we've we've had a con um an intensive look at Mwai Kibaki's regime and to be honest we'll never have a leader like him it's sad to say that but it'll take time the next decade or probably two we won't have a leader like him that man is someone i consider an enigma enigma he was he was a highly intelligent and competent technocrat he's a leader unlike any other that we ever had or, or we have had or we are going to have in the next 10 years he was different he was built for excellence and i loved him so much to be honest that's why people are crying people are shedding tears because we'd never have a leader like him again take a long time but we were blessed we were lucky enough to have experienced his reign so before i conclude i'll play one last clip and then we'll have uh, an outro and then we'll just call it a day when i hear many many people express words of despair and many of them are also people inside the church <laughs> and they are people who should be preaching or who are preaching but they keep spreading despair now i don't know where this comes from <laughs> but pray for that we don't have too many of them it for today guys i hope you guys learn a thing or two about his leadership style what he did for us we should be very grateful that he was there so for those who want who want to be leaders of tomorrow kibaki as of now is the benchmark he is the standard unit of what good leadership is he was just more than a leader for us he was also a parent before we end i'm going to leave a clip where he tells young people to just stay away from drinking in their prime years and i hope that message touches you it's a long weekend that we have ahead but utilize it well to be more productive rather than going to spend the whole of it drinking he was just more than a dad for us so as i'm doing housekeeping i'd like to appreciate your feedback for those who've been sending messages I'm very grateful. I'd like to hear more from you. So, um for those who do talk, just send me a message. Tell me something. I'd be very encouraged to keep doing what I'm doing, but all either way, I'm super grateful for your audience and um be blessed. As we start this long weekend, remember and appreciate who Kibaki was for us and may his spirit reside in our hearts in terms of leadership in years to come. Be blessed but to appeal to you please do not yield to the field of drinking <laughs> I say this not because I don't drink no I do
ni maombi nikiomba mwenyezi Mungu oh, aibariki Kenya yangu kwa jina la baba na la mwana oh, roho mtakatifu amina kwa jina la baba na la mwana oh, roho mtakatifu amina ewe Kenya inji yangu ewe Kenya baba yangu ewe Kenya mama yangu oh, sitakuwa milele. 